The election season is over and the Virginia primary is in the books. Now it's time for the fall election coming up in November. But before we do so, let's delve into the winners, the losers, and what's at stake in the upcoming Virginia General Assembly election this fall. It's Stay of the Water. I'm yours, Dr. Eric Laville. We'll be right back in just a moment. Welcome back. It's Stay of the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We hope that you're enjoying this beautiful weekend that we have here in Hampton Roads. It's a little wet, but of course, we're definitely going to make it. Uh, hopefully that you're staying safe out there and ensuring that you're starting your summer off safe and that you're enjoying some relaxation and some time. Make sure you get some time off because we've had a very busy two years, a very busy year. I want you to be energized to come back, especially those here at the university for the fall, ready to get going. As always, we have with us in studio our producer, Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, which you can hear every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. on Saturdays. And yes, the hardest working man in radio also on Sunday. Well, again, we'd like to thank all of you for supporting us as we broadcast, like we always do, from the campus of the Norfolk State University, the largest and best HBCU in the Commonwealth. And we are broadcasting from WNSB Hot 91, the Soul of VA. Well, you know, this particular segment today, I'm really excited about it because it concludes our coverage of the Virginia General Assembly primary election. We're going to delve into the results. Those of you that went out to vote, those of you, those of you that had candidates to vote for in this primary election, I'm pretty sure that you're excited to get out there and vote, but it's not over yet. We've got the general election coming up in November where all 140 seats are up for election here in the Commonwealth. But before we get to that, we want to take a look at what took place on this past Tuesday on June 20th. What happened? June 21st, we have some new faces that's representing some new places here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, for those of you that have been following the show, you know that during June, we have our election, primary election series that we like to break down. I delve into, you know, what's at stake. I delve into different races that are impacting Hampton Roads, that's impacting you, uh, the issues, the policies that are on the table. You know, these are things that I delve into to ensure that uh, you are informed, to ensure that you know what's going on and what's at stake. And this election, you know, no election is bigger than the next, but every year tends to see, we tend to see where more is at stake, if that makes sense. So, Again, no election is bigger than the next, but more is at stake every single election. And this election, a lot more was at stake. So let's start with when you went into the booth, you know, what did you see? And this is thing called redistricting. Because of redistricting, we see where there are tr some traditional districts that maybe you've always voted in the past two, 20 years, 10, 20 years, uh, because population really didn't shift that much. And, of course, we had legislators drawing districts in the traditional way that they've always drawn them. But this past year, uh, we started electing individuals in new districts because of the new provision of redistricting here, which was a constitutional amendment approved by you, the voters, in 2020, which created a mechanism 
where we, the citizens, serve on a citizen review board and basically contribute to and help to redraw the districts. Uh, congressional districts, voting districts, uh, city districts, uh, the legislative districts, all, all of that is impacted. And more specifically, we're talking about the state legislature. Those districts were redrawn. And of course, it's a new system, and I've been very vocal about this, and I was out front saying that I didn't like the way that the new system was created. Uh, but of course, this is the system we have, so we're working with it. It's got some bumps and that we got to work out, but it's going to work. With that being the case, districts were redrawn. They were approved by the state Supreme Court, and now we have individual legislators that were there were incumbents that long-term public servants that were pitted against each other and or they were put in districts where they felt like they they couldn't really compete competitively and they decided either to run against the incumbents each other which we had here in New Senate District 18 with Senator Louise Lucas and Senator Lanier Spool or they decided to retire like Senator Norman up in Williamsburg or they just decided to uh, resign their seat and run for a new seat like we had here with Angela Williams Graves, that was a former delegate that ran in a newly created Senate district uh, seat here in the city of Norfolk, 21, and competed for that nomination in order to represent the Democratic Party in the upcoming election. So for those who that went inside of the voting booth and you say, wait a minute, I'm usually voting for this person, but they're not on the ballot anymore. That's because of redistricting, and that's what we saw on that particular day of the election. Now, um, what do we see? Now, what are some of the um, uh, results of redistricting, and what are some of the results that took place Tuesday? Well, I was fortunate enough to do election analysis as election experts. Some of you may have saw it on WTKR Channel 3 here and also WVEC, where I was asked to break down the election and the impact of the election itself and what we would actually see moving forward in the future. And with that, I stated that, number one, because of redistricting, we're going to see a lot of new faces, a lot of new people, a lot of new energy, and a lot of older, uh, more experienced, long-term serving public servants that's not going to be there. Uh, and that's exactly what happened here in the Commonwealth. Um, with that, we now see where uh, we have legislators that we're not going to see in the fall, new faces we're going to see coming in the fall, and then some, they're going to really, they're, they competed against each other, and unfortunately we're going to lose um, some very experienced and well-liked uh, public service because of that. So let's take a look and see what we saw and what races were really we're going to make a major impact uh, moving in this particular contest. Now, according to the Virginia Mercury, we there were 10 General Assembly contests to watch um, this past Tuesday where they stated experience versus generational change really defined several races, especially on the Democratic side. Now, according to the Virginia Mercury, in Tuesday's General Assembly primaries, Virginia voters decided how much bigger this year's retirement wave should be. In other words, we had a lot of retirements because of incumbents um, deciding to leave as opposed to run again. With that being the case, the Democrats had a much busier day on Tuesday 
because of the more contested races than the GOP had. So we saw where in the Democratic primaries, there were more than half a dozen experienced Democratic senators that were going to return or replace by a group of younger, more progressive candidates running on themes of generational change and bolder leadership. More than a half, half a dozen. With there being only, you say, well, that's not that many. But there's only 40 senators in a total in a total uh, Senate. So we and not all and we have a slight majority of Democrats, but over Republicans. But when you talk about more than half a dozen out of 40 and a little bit over half, let's just say 21. That's quite that's quite a bit of senators. That's almost one third of Democratic senators that either are going to be replaced or pretty much we're not going to see. So with that being the case, um, we saw some changes. So let's go through the changes that we saw. Senate District 13, let's go up to the uh, Richmond, greater, greater Richmond area. Uh, Senator Joe Morrissey ran uh, against LaCherise Ayer, former delegate, and he lost. Uh, LaCherise Ayer uh, beat uh, Senator Joe Morrissey uh, by almost two to one. Uh, that was a race that was out of Petersburg, also in the Richmond suburbs, where you know, there were a lot of people that were thinking that former Senator Joe Morrissey now is was too controversial. And um, you can take a look at, you know, his history in the Senate and also private life and so forth. But they thought he was too controversial. Whereas LaSharice Aird, um, by being a former state delegate, uh, she looked to make a high-profile return to the state house. Uh, not only that, but she painted herself as uh, one that's pro-life. I mean, painted herself as one that's, that is in favor of women's rights as opposed to the pro-lifer of Joe Morrissey, who was a Democrat, um, but also one that was more progressive on various issues affecting the greater community. So we saw where that particular race ended up where she won that. So Joe Morrissey did release a statement stating that he will no longer be, he's given up public office, but we'll see. You'll never know. Senate District 12, this was a uh, GOP uh, uh, district where Senator Amanda Chase uh, beat out two um, challengers, Glenn Studebert and Tina uh, Ramirez. And this was uh, a hard right, uh, Senator Amanda Chase. So we see where that particular um, that particular uh, candidate really continues to play well with that Republican voting electorate in that area. As a matter of fact, uh, she was censored by the Senate for making comments supportive of J6, uh, MAGA protests, and turn, which turned violent, of course. And Republican voters in Chesterfield County, Colonial House, decided whether to send her back for four more years or send her home. But they decided to keep uh, her as their representative. So the district leans solidly Republican. Um, and with that, it will continue to be. Republican. Senator, Senate District 18. Senate District 18 is one of the Senate districts, and we're going to take a look at, at two more. I tell you what, before we take a look at Senate District 18, let's take a look at the other two, then we'll get into 18. So, Senate District 33, Jennifer Carol Foy versus Hala Ayala. These are two members of the large class. Uh, that was elected in the House in 2017's Blue Wave, uh, where uh, Jennifer Carroll Foy, of course, a former uh, military uh, cadet, 
graduate and Hala Ayala, who's someone that that basically um, pulled herself up and and worked toward the cyber uh, position, cybersecurity and and small business and so forth. So these are two people that were that were supported during the uh, Democratic wave in 2017, endorsed heavily by all of the major candidates, major office holders. Uh, but we see where, and let's take a look at uh, Ayala also had endorsements coming into this race uh, by from former gov- uh, former candidate and, and Governor McCulloch, former Governor um, Ralph Northam, uh, Senate Majority Leader Dick uh, Saslaw, and former House Speaker uh, Eileen Filicorn. And whereas uh, Carol Foy, was backed by current House Minority Leader Don Scott out of Portsmouth and also a variety of organized labor groups. So she only had one major endorsement, whereas Hala Ayala had many. With that being the case, she ended up losing that race almost two to one. Jennifer Carroll Foy is now the new Senate nominee for the new Senate District 33. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what the endorsements are. At the end of the day, they do help. They do help tremendously. But at the end of the day, what really matters is how are you connecting with the people? Are you connecting with the people and does the, will that uh, make an impact? And we saw where it actually did. Also, uh, new Senate District 21 here in Norfolk where Angel Williams Graves and Andrea McClellan uh, pitted off against each other. And with that, we saw where um, Angel Williams Graves actually won that election almost two to one, two to one. So that goes to show you that, you know, with that, uh, here in the city of Norfolk where we have a Senate district, again, a Senate district that is um, major, um, it doesn't um, cross over anywhere else. Is one where we see uh, now this particular opportunity for the city of Norfolk to have its own, to have its own uh, Senate leader here in the Commonwealth. So that is absolutely phenomenal. I want to go back with Senator Chase and, and uh, Studebert. It was a thirty-eight to thirty-nine percent. Now, of course. Um, election uh, where we see now uh, according to the current results, Studevert is leading that and has is considered the winner. But we'll see what happens if there is a contest to it. But uh, Senator Chase is no more uh, the incumbent, but now it is uh, Studevert that is going to be the candidate if that continues to hold as is. I wanted to make that uh, correction. Now, let's get to the Senate District, Senate District 18. Senate District 18. This is two very seasoned candidates, two very seasoned public servants, none other than Senator uh, Louise Lucas and Senator Lionel Sproul. With that being the case, we knew that we were going to lose one of those candidates. We're going to lose one of those longtime public servants. And... That's exactly what we saw happen in this particular election. Uh, we saw where Senator Lionel Sproul actually uh, lost that particular race. And it was, it was very close. 
uh, when I say close, 1,100 votes is not a lot of votes when you're talking about um, individuals over 10,000 uh, voters came out and voted. It's not a lot of votes, but it was definitely enough to uh, push Senator Louise Lucas over, and she is now the still the senior senator in the Commonwealth, uh, in the Senate. That is huge. So we see, again, where these uh, elections themselves uh, actually played very well with a lot of voters, and they got out to vote. Still low voter turnout, but in a lot of these districts, voters got out to vote. And a quick nod to uh, Senator Craig Deeds, an incumbent, and also NSU alum, uh, Senator Lamont Bagby, uh, also won 72% of the election uh, voter uh, ballots that were cast, uh, where he retains the nomination for his seat there. So hats off to our alums, Senator Louise Lucas, uh, Senator Lamont Bagby, uh, and again, all of our supporters. Now, there was a new district that was created where uh, Delegate Jackie Glass represented Norfolk State. Uh, now we have another, Benita Adams, uh, Anthony, is that is going to represent uh, Norfolk State in a new district here in the Commonwealth. And also, um, where we have another Senate district uh, that's going to represent us as well. So we're very excited about what we see in the politics and what's happening. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of new changes and a lot of new faces. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. What we're doing now, we're breaking down, breaking down the Virginia primary election results, uh, looking at the winners, those that lost. Also, in the second hour, half hour here that we take a look at the second part of the show, what's at stake? What does this mean? What are the implications moving into the November election and beyond? I mentioned earlier that Senator Louise Lucas and Senator, and is the senior state senator now, and that comes with a lot of privileges. The implications of her still being a part of the Senate means that she's a senior uh, member of the Senate which means that now she has the ability to assign certain committees, the ability to do a lot of things behind the scenes within the body of the legislature, which comes with seniority. So that also comes with the possibility of serving on very important committees as well and ensuring that um, things are, as far as the, their, uh, uh, the Senate itself, the agenda, uh, it comes with help to set, set a lot of that. So time and grade matters. And those of you that are military or civil service workers, you understand what I mean. Time and grade does matter. Uh, and we also see where in the, the way that redistricting really created a new map for us, the way it created a new map, we now see where it's very possible that the Democrats will retake the House and maintain the Senate. In the event, that the Democrats do take the House and keep the Senate as well. That means that, not, that for the first time in the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia, we will have the, the Speaker of the House, which, is, which will become Don Scott, Delegate Don Scott, which means that he would be the first African-American male as the Speaker of the House in the Commonwealth of Virginia. A huge, huge deal. A major deal, major. Uh, and I want to make sure that we understand the implications of that, where we have now two African-Americans that 
will be at the leadership of the two houses of government here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That is absolutely remarkable. So, again, when opportunity comes, you're prepared for that opportunity. You're given the ability to make that opportunity work for yourself. Step, step up. And as voters, that's what you said, and that's what you're doing, not just this past June, but you're going to but continue to do so in November as well. Now, even though the House and the Senate uh, may go de- Democratic, now, again, it could, the House could stay Republican. It can. It can. But the way the lines look, it should the Democrats should should take the House back if voters got out of vote. But that also means that the executive houses are still within the grasp and control of the Republicans, and which means we'll still have Governor Glenn Youngkin as our governor, um, of course, uh, the Attorney General, and also the Lieutenant Governor as well. Now, what does that mean for Hampton Roads? In Hampton Roads, that means that the, the senior most senator will be from Hampton Roads and representing Hampton Roads, Forsman Chesapeake area. That means that the Speaker of the House, uh, the Forsman area, will be Don Scott, both African Americans. That also means that the governor, who is from uh, Virginia Beach, will still be governor. The Attorney General who resides in Virginia Beach, will still be attorney general, and a lieutenant governor that continues to live in, in uh, Virgi- uh, Virginia Beach will continue to be the lieutenant governor. As it relates to politics, as it relates to the power of the pen, as it relates to the power of the pen to create policy, that means that Hampton Roads is the center of legislative power in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That is, again, absolutely remarkable. And I want us as listeners to understand how powerful that is. That right here in Hampton Roads, that we are representative of all the major leadership positions in government. That is, that is major. And again, as a person of policy and law, I want us to understand just how important it is. And hats off to all of those individuals that are making it happen. So Hampton Rose, we're at the center. So uh, some things that we should talk about here, <laughs> given all the rain that we have, let's look at climate change. Let's look at flooding and things of that nature. But, you know, there's, there are many other things, but that definitely comes to mind, especially as we continue to uh, maneuver in this area. So we see what is happening. All right. We see what is happening. We see what has taken place um, as it relates to uh, the election as it relates to the results of the election and the like. So now the question becomes, what is the issues, what are the issues that will become major moving forward as it relates to um, this particular election cycle in next year? What is that? So, in 2023, the campaigning for the general election for legislators will begin, will begin probably next month. August, you're going to see it, uh, the, 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 the foot to the pedal. But July, you're going to see a little bit, but August, let's go. It's happening. 
what are the issues at the forefront? What are the candidates saying is going to happen? So we probably will see, number one, education is going to be at the top of that list. Education at the top of that list is, is, is paramount to especially the, the Republican uh, side of the aisle. We're now dealing with issues in the classroom that parents have brought up, such as teaching of history. DI and so and so so forth in the higher education uh, uh, circle, those issues become major. Not only that, but it becomes also an issue for Democrats as well. Where when you teach history, what are you teaching? Are we teaching the whole history, or are we uh, making history palatable to the taste of individuals today? In other words, take, leaving some things out, and is that complete history? Some would disagree. But not only that, but we're all going to also going to see women's reproductive rights. Women's reproductive rights, the ability to choose to keep a, a, a birth, a child, or to terminate a pregnancy, the ability to choose whether uh, what you want to do with your body, that is at the very top of the list. That is one of the major issues that Democrats are going to champion as far as rights for women, reproductive rights for women. And that's an area that the GOP is really kind of battling with. Where where do we stand as a party? Uh, because the landscape is shifting as it relates to that particular issue. LGBTQ rights. Those are other issues that we're going to see play out, especially as it relates to education. And what are the rights of that group in the classroom or in public schools? What are the rights of the other parents and other students in public schools as it relates to uh, gender, as it relates to uh, competition in sports, as it relates to bathrooms? What, what's the issue there? What is the issue? So we're going to see a lot of that become a major issue as well moving into this election cycle. The fourth issue I think is going to be a major flashpoint as we move into this election cycle Voting rights. Voting rights. Now, what about voting rights? During the Northern administration, we saw where the voters, uh, well, that administration opened up access to the ballot box. But we saw that start to become attacked the very next election, very next legislative cycle. And it's still under attack. Less than early voting time. Uh, not giving... Uh, uh, so many precincts to vote in. It's just a lot that's taking place, a lot that's happening around that issue because, again, voting is the key. So when you don't have the numbers, but you have the ability to create a mechanisms to, let's just say, not so much stop voting, but put barriers up to impede voting, that's, that is of concern because many organizations, many people fought for the right to simply vote. So we got to make sure that we protect the right to vote of everybody, every single body. So if everybody has the right to vote, that definitely levels the playing field itself. But not only that, but we also see where the economy will be a major issue moving into this next election cycle. The economy is paramount because without the ability to have a good job, good wages, living wages, it's impossible really to do anything else. So watch out for those top five issues and a few other issues that may pop up, but those are going to be your top five. Listen, 
I don't know about you, but I'm excited about when democracy works. I'm excited about when people get out to make their voices heard, when individuals get out to say, hey, I want this person to represent me, or this is, this is the policies that we want to see. Is your government, is your representative, is your city, is your community, is your country. Continue to make your voice heard, continue to be involved, continue to be engaged, and continue to listen to Stay in the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric LaVille. We thank you for joining us once again and supporting us like you always do. Continue to stay locked in because we're going to continue to cover uh, this election moving forward. Until then, be great, do good, and make sure you're safe out there this summer. And yes, as always, God bless. We'll see you next week.